Hey everyone, we're so glad that you've tuned in for this message today. I believe God gave me a word for you and I believe the word of God is going to bring you strength. I believe God's going to bring someone comfort and take someone to a new level. I want you to watch this message that the Lord gave me and at the end, I'm gonna come back and we're gonna pray for you. God bless you, enjoy this word. Uh, for a few minutes, I wanted to stay in this vein of getting to know the Holy Spirit and I wanna to talk today on this thought. I wanna talk about cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say cooperate, work with. So I wanna to talk today about cooperating with the Holy Spirit. I wanna use one verse of scripture out of Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 25, and it reads like this. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Say that with me. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Come on, say it one more time. Get it in your belly. Say, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And I want to talk about that today. Jesus, help me for a few moments. Spirit of wisdom and revelation to teach your word. Let it rest on them as they hear it. I pray eyes would come open and people would begin to see and hear and know by the Holy Ghost things they did not know in their natural self. We give you thanks, Holy Spirit, that when you come, you make a big deal about Jesus. And in this room today, may, it, may the big deal be him and nothing else in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Last week, I talked about getting to know and trusting the tour guide because Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. The same text there in John chapter 14 and then later on in John chapter 15 says that the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. Aren't you glad to know today that the Holy Spirit is a teacher? And I'm concerned as I look at what's going on in the world around us and doesn't take a spirit of discernment or wisdom and revelation to, to assess what's happening in the earth today and to see that there's a lot of confusion and chaos going on in the world. There's a lot of evil and a lot of I mean, just if we could just be really honest, there's a lot of ignorance just manifesting everywhere. It just looks like it just keeps getting dumb and dumber. <laughs> and when you think about that, it, it, the reality of it is this. The earth we see in the natural is a reflection of what people are hearing in the spirit first. Nothing is happening in the natural that is not a result of someone or some group of people manifesting what they have heard in the spirit world. Follow me. The Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, when you look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says that in the last days, the spirit speaks expressly that seducing spirits, Chad, put that verse up on the screen, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, that evil spirits would be seducing, look at this, and deceiving, and they would be preaching doctrines of demons. Where does that communication come from? It comes in the spirit world. Spirits from the realm of darkness are talking to people. What's crazy is they're talking to people, some of them in the church. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to get dark and morbid. I just want to tell you, and I want to warn you, not everything that walks up and calls itself a bishop or a reverend or a pastor or a preacher is speaking the word of the Lord. 
There are demonic spirits that are producing doctrines of devils, Paul calls them. And the spirit speaks expressly. Do you see that word expressly? It means with urgency. God warns his people that in the last days, there would be increased spiritual activity in the spirit world and that people who do not know the truth or that knew it would depart from it and actually listen to, give heed to, and yield themselves to things coming from darkness. Spirits are speaking. You don't think they're speaking because sometimes they have on a tie and a suit or a dress and a wig. But the reality of it is you better know the truth in this hour. Because if you know the truth, when somebody starts hawking up a lie and a, a, a demonic doctrine, we got to be able to say, I love you, but that didn't come from Jesus. You might be acting like you're talking on his behalf, but that's not the Jesus of the Bible. I'm not going to get no help on this today. Spirits are speaking. This is why it is important for you and I to know the Holy Spirit. Because if, if demonic spirits can teach their own lesson, the Holy Spirit is teaching his people a heavenly, divine, godly lesson. I want to ask you a question today. Whose classroom are you sitting in? Who's teaching you? What doctrine are you hearing? What word are you listening to? Jesus said in the gospel of St. John, the 14th chapter, the 26th verse, and the 15th chapter, he said the spirit will come and will teach you. Didasko, that's what it is in the Greek teaching. It's the Greek word didasko. It's a verb for explaining. It's a verb for breaking it down and making it known. It's a verb that helps you and I come into a revelation of the knowledge of truth. I just want to say on my way to this assignment today, I want to ask you a question. Whose classroom are you sitting in and who's teaching you and your family? When's the last time you asked Holy Spirit to give you some truth? Who's feeding you the, 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 the meal of your soul? Jesus told his disciples, I have meat that you don't even know about. I'm eating food that you've never thought of before. It doesn't come from, listen, listen, we've got to be careful that we watch where we get what feeds our spirit. And there's a lot of people depending on a lot of different things to give them the the, the stuff that, that feeds their soul. But I want to encourage somebody today to get more dependent on the Holy Spirit. Someone to say to, to the Holy Spirit, I'm tired of teaching, being taught by everything else in this crazy culture. If you let this culture teach you and your children, they will be crazy, confused, and chaotic. This culture, and I just want to go ahead and say it, all the media moguls and all of the, of the pro sports stars and everybody that doesn't know the Holy Ghost ought not be feeding you and your family spiritually. You ought to be fed by the Holy Spirit so that when these people who speak by the Spirit of the Antichrist start talking, we don't listen because we know the truth. It's heavy. 
This is old-fashioned and heavy, and when, when this word gets out like this, all the people that don't know God start saying crazy things about the preacher. But I'm going to tell you right now, call me a dinosaur, tell me I'm old-fashioned, whatever you want to tell me. I know this about this book. It was written by holy men of God. It was breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. It's 2,000 years old, but every time I open it, those pages, those words jump up off the page and quicken my spirit and give me me life. The Bible said thy word was found and I did eat it. Man doesn't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Who's going to feed you? Who's going to teach you? Who's going to lead you? Paul says something here in Galatians chapter 5. He says if you're going to live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. And this is a crazy thought. There are people who actually claim to live in the spirit that don't walk in the spirit. That's why he said this. They claim to be spiritual people, but they do not walk in the spirit. I want to divorce from our thinking a mentality and an ideology that I cannot find anywhere in scripture. This notion of carnal Christianity, where you can get saved, get born again, and then call yourself saved and live like hell and not live a transformed life and not repent when you sin and not hate sin and not love the word, that is not in this Bible. That is not a Christianity that comes from heaven. And this idea that we come to Jesus and we pray a prayer, forgive me, save me, and then run back and do not consult him or follow him or yield to him or obey him is nonsense. When the Bible says if you live in the spirit, then walk in the spirit, here's what he's saying. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now I want to say this about the Holy Spirit. He is not an it. I told you this last week. He's not an it. He's not a feeling. He's not a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, when I say person, you, you, you may have a hard time relating to that and being able to understand that because when I say a person, you think I mean a person like Richie, Pastor Richie Hughes, who had on a nice suit and amazing shoes with the white soles. It was incredible what he just, the whole thing looking today, just amazing. It's, that's not the kind of person the Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit is not natural. He's not a physical being or it doesn't have a physical body. But he's a person in the sense that he has a personality. He's a person in the sense that he has individuality. He's a person in the sense that he has emotions. He's a person in the sense that he operates and does things. He's a person in the sense that he can be talked to. And he's a person in the sense that he can talk back. And just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not here. And in reality, most people have a difficult time understanding the doctrine and the person of the Holy Spirit because they cannot see him with their natural eyes. But this goes back to what I taught. The reason I taught it first is so that I could build a foundation for you to catch this. The Bible told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 last week that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, we don't have the Spirit of this world. We have the Spirit of God, watch, who reveals the things. The Spirit of God reveals the things to what? To our spirit. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, doesn't come and talk to you in your natural body. 
doesn't always talk to your natural ear. I know people have heard the audible voice of God. That's why I said always. There have been times God spoke audibly to people. He spoke to Saul on the road to Damascus. Audibly, he heard the voice. There are times when God has done that. But by and large, it is spiritual communication that occurs when the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Godhead Trinity, talks to your spirit. Now, let me quickly teach you three things about God communicating and teaching you and I and revealing himself. Everyone say teach. Everyone say reveal. This is the work of Holy Spirit in our life. He comes to teach and to reveal. He comes to show and to make known. When the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 13, that the Spirit of God reveals, I taught you this last week, when the Spirit of God reveals, the word reveal is apocalypso, and it means the uncovering. It is the Holy Spirit that takes somebody who can't get it and helps them get it. It's the Holy Spirit. Have you, ever, have you ever seen someone who was not born and raised in church and all the promises of God are available for them and you keep praying for them and they keep coming to the altar and they ride, the, we used to say this in the church growing up, they ride the altar. Like every single week I got saved. I know I'm the only one. Anybody else used to get saved every single Wednesday night? Something happened between Sunday and Wednesday. I know what it was. Monday and Tuesday was hard on the Christian boy. I used to get saved ever, but, but watch this, but watch this. God had more for me than just getting, than getting beat up by the devil every week and having to come back to church and just ride the altar. I want you to ride the altar until you come to a place where the Holy, Holy Spirit unveils and uncovers what is available for you. If you want to know what is available for you in this word, you need the Holy Spirit, watch this, to reveal it. It is the Holy Spirit that takes the, 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 the cover off and makes known to you and I what is available to us through Christ Jesus. So when the Bible says, when the Bible says he teaches and reveals, there are three primary ways he does that. Writing down, taking notes, write this down. Number one, through his word. The Holy Spirit shows you and I what he wants to do in our lives and through our lives through his word. If you do not read your Bible, you're going to have a hard time hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's just the bottom line. The most successful people in the kingdom of God, the most successful people on the planet have a daily word life. Because this word is a living word. I read it and it reads me. I take the word in, it produces faith. I join my heart to it and it produces a harvest. Something powerful about the word. God reveals things to us through his word. Watch this. So we have word to spirit. Word, the word of God communicating to man's spirit. Please hear me. If you're going to get anything from God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us you get nothing from God by the flesh. You get it by the spirit. Okay? So number one, word to man's spirit. Number two, God's, not just God's word, but God will often send a vessel to speak to you spiritually. This is where it can get a little bit hairy because how many know God uses vessels and every vessel is an imperfect vessel? So I thank God, I thank God for all the vessels he sends to my life to speak the word of the Lord over me. Most of the time they confirm something that the Holy Spirit is already saying to me. Okay, and I want to say this to you because when God sends a vessel to you, be very careful you don't despise the prophecy. 
Because that's what the Bible says in the book of 1 Thessalonians, despise not prophesying. So when God sends a vessel to you, don't despise it. But I also want to encourage you to judge the word carefully. Because I've seen some people get a screwed up life listening to a so-called prophet. And you've got to be very careful that when God sends a vessel, I want God to send vessels, but I also know how Satan works. I'm not getting no help today. Satan will also send vessels, and if you're not careful, he'll put a suit and tie on it and make it look like God's vessel. You got to be real careful. And you got to make sure when the vessel comes to speak in your life, you don't just despise and say, I don't believe in that. Because God may be sending someone to speak into your life and give you revelation about the future. So God speaks through his word. God speaks through vessels. And then watch this. God speaks spirit to spirit. The Holy Spirit can talk to your spirit. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 says, listen to this. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7. The Holy Spirit says. That's what the book says. Hebrews 3 7. The Holy Spirit says today. Heed the word of the Lord. Heed the voice of God and do not harden your heart. What's that mean? That means today the spirit of God is still speaking to you and I. His spirit can speak to your spirit. Some people say the only way God can speak is through his word. I will tell you that God will always speak in harmony with his word, but God can speak to you not just when you read the Bible. You might be driving down the road and get a word from the Holy Spirit that comes to your spirit. You need to understand the Holy Spirit is not some, he's not got a magnet that pulls you to church on Sunday and only talks to you while you're sitting in here listening to me and Devin and whoever else preaches. He's not the Holy Spirit just on Sunday. He's the Holy Spirit on Tuesday afternoon in a rush hour traffic jam with demon-possessed people beeping the horn at you. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. The reality of it is this, he speaks. He speaks through his word, he speaks through vessels, and he speaks spirit to spirit, Holy Spirit speaking to your spirit. You say, I've never heard the voice of God. I doubt that. I think he's talking. You just may not know where to locate his voice. I think he's talking, but you may not know he's speaking to you. Have you ever heard a voice that tried to talk you out of something dumb or talk you into something godly? That was not your flesh. Have you ever heard a voice that said, you shouldn't be looking at that? Have you ever heard a voice that said, like this morning, I got up, I, I, I wasn't able to sleep this morning very well, and I don't always sleep good on Saturday night, and don't come to me later and be like, you know, you need to get sleep. God wants you to, I know God wants me to sleep, and he gives me enough sleep on Saturday night, I'm fine. But I, on Saturday night, I'm just always, I'm carrying the burden, okay? So I got up this morning, I got up early, and I, I went down to the Starbucks like I do every single Sunday morning. And, and I get what I get every single Sunday morning, a cheese Danish, and I get a natural cold brew with sweet cream and two stevia. Oh, it's good. If you hadn't had it, some of you are like, order that. We're leaving right now, right? Watch. I'm sitting there today, and I drive up to get, get my coffee and my Danish, and the woman says to me, it's your day. <laughs> Who is this chick? She's prophesying. She goes, it's your day. I said, okay, I, I, well, I, yes, it is. Why? She said, because the person in front of you just paid for your Danish and your coffee. Come on, somebody. So you know what I did in a split second? I was like, it's Jubilee. Come on, it's Jubilee. God bless me. And then the Spirit of the Lord said to me, pay for the person behind you. Well, that, 
But if I do that, if I do that, it's not, it's like taking the money away from me again that was just given to me. But, but he said to me, this is all in about three seconds. He said to me, didn't I tell you it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? So I rolled the window back down and I'm like, I need to pay for the person behind me. Mine was $6. Do you know what the family behind me decided to buy? It's a true story. She goes, sir, I just want to tell you, this is a pretty large bill. I'm like, like how much? $26. Who goes to Starbucks and spends $26? He teaches me. (laughs) That's not a lesson I wanted to hear this morning, but he teaches me, right? So I decided I'm going to do what God did, and we blessed the person. I blessed the person, the the get-along gang that was behind me. I blessed the whole family, like 12 coffees and five donuts, but it was good. Here's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Are you bitter? I prayed over it in the altar this morning. While all those people were getting delivered from drugs, I got delivered from bitterness. Hallelujah. Okay? Here's the bottom line. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Here's the bottom line. Spirit talks to us. I encourage you to develop a friendship and a relationship with the Holy Spirit that will keep you out of being deceived by false spirits. When the FBI teaches people in, money, in the money laundering department how to detect fake money, they do not give them fake money. This is a fact. When they teach them how to detect fake money, they put lots of real, authentic money in their hands and fingers. They feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. They touch it, touch it, touch it, touch it. And then when the fake thing comes into their hands, they recognize that's not real because I've already touched the real and the fake don't feel or it just, it don't feel right. And what I'm trying to tell you is if, oh man, he's so good to us. If you'll have a relationship with Holy Spirit, he will help you to know that just don't feel quite right. That ain't, quite, that ain't quite accurate. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, let me, let me, let me get through this. This is going to be great. Okay, so the teacher, the Holy Spirit, guides and teaches us and reveals things that he's wanting to do in and through our life. Anybody remember last week's sermon? Okay, six of y'all. This is what I, this is, it's amazing. I'm feeling so encouraged right now. Six of y'all remember. Last week, we talked about the things he reveals, the things that two weeks ago. Thank you. Sorry. Okay, whatever. Mr. Wise guy on the front row there, okay. Um, He's my buddy, I'm just kidding. Listen, two weeks, that's why they can't remember it. I'm teaching it again. Because two weeks, really, you can forget it that quickly. That's why I'm going to reinforce it today. Remember when I taught you two weeks ago, the Spirit reinforces and brings you an understanding of three things. I'm not going to talk about all three of those things, but remember, He reveals the things that God freely gives to you, and He reveals the deep things of God for you. Anybody remember this? And he reveals the things that you're supposed to say and declare out of your mouth. All those things, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Holy Spirit teaches you. Free things God gives you freely, the things you are to speak, and then the Spirit of God brings you an understanding and a revelation of the deep things of God. Now, 
When God begins to reveal those things to you by his spirit, listen to me carefully. He is inviting you into a place of walking with him and cooperating with him. It is an invitation, it is not a mandate. It's not that it's optional, it's just that you do get to choose if you wanna cooperate with him or not. There are blessings for those who obey and there are consequences for those who ignore. I don't know how else to say it other than that. When the Holy Spirit teaches you a deep thing or something God's wanting to give you or the Spirit of God touches your heart to even be a light to somebody who needs the love of God, he's inviting you and I into a moment, watch this, not to just say I live in the Spirit, but to actually walk in the Spirit. Am I making sense? There's a lot of people who come to church on Sunday morning because they say they live in the Spirit, but when they walk out the door, my question is, does your walk line up with your testimony? If you say you live in the Spirit, then walk in the Spirit. And when it says walk in the Spirit, it literally is talking about there, watch this, synchronization. It, it, it's the idea, it carries with it in the Greek, the idea of walking in step with the Holy Spirit. That's why the book of Amos said, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? You can't walk with the Holy Spirit if you're not in agreement with what he's teaching and revealing to you. So what we have is Christians who, who are so afraid of hell that they know Jesus is the only way, so they trust him to go to heaven, but they don't yield their life to him while they're on their way. This is, this, is, this is not possible. Discipleship is not a get out of hell free card. Discipleship is I will follow you wherever you take me and whatever you require of me, you have a yes from me and it doesn't, I'm not going to search out what benefits are involved. I'm just going to say yes to God. We're the people who just say yes to God, yes to his spirit, yes to his work. When God reveals something, a deep thing, a free thing, a thing that you're to declare, something you are to say, when God reveals that to you and teaches you that by his spirit, cooperation produces manifold blessings. Here's what I want to say. I, I want to tell you right now, the most blessed people that you know, and I'm not talking about crooks and swindlers, I'm talking about people who are really blessed. The most blessed people you know are also the most obedient people you'll ever meet. There, anytime you see God giving someone favor, there has been a yes in a hidden place that released manifested blessings in seen public places. Have you ever met somebody and, and they're almost so favored it makes you sick? Be very careful you don't hate on them. Because anything that you have that you think that, that, that you envy or are jealous of, there was a price they paid for that that you might not be willing to pay. And there are people that walk in blessings and there are people that walk in such tremendous favor and they are often most misdiagnosed because you think because they have something that, you, that you're jealous of that, that you, you, you think that they think they deserve it when in reality most people who are blessed can't imagine God would have done it for them this way. They just keep a really loud praise on their lips and they keep their hands really high and they keep their heart full of thanksgiving because they know they're living a life that they did not deserve to live. Can I get an amen? So... When the Holy Spirit teaches you and shows you something and he speaks to you 
and he begins to bless you or pour it out on you, you and I have a responsibility to, is this teaching okay? Is it helping anybody? You and I have a responsibility to cooperate. Say cooperate. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You do get a choice. It is not optional, but you do get a choice. How can that be so? That sounds like a, 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 a contrary phrase. It is, it is not optional. You, you should be doing it, but you do get a choice because God, being the kind and generous God that he is, invites you in, but he doesn't push you in. And so he, he shows you one of these deep things. He shows you one of these things freely given. He lets you walk through Walmart and you, you get to a register and there's a woman there and you just hear a voice tell you, she, she just needs a little bit of encouragement today. You're like, no, I can't do that. As if the enemy were telling you that. Like the enemy wants her to be encouraged. <laughs> He's inviting you in. He's saying, you don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to get theological. Just look at her and say, you know what? I just want to encourage you today. I feel like God wanted me to tell you he's taking care of some things that you're worried about. If she opens up and talks great, if she says, that was weird, then you just keep checking out, pay for your stuff, and go to the car and be like, God, what was that all about? (laughs) Sometimes it's going to be received. Sometimes it's not. You don't get to determine if you sow the seed. You have to throw it on good ground and bad ground alike. Just throw the seed. So what happens when, I, I'm going I'm to start wrapping this up in a few minutes. So what happens when God invites you into a deep thing, a free thing, a spiritual thing, Can I even say this? Some of y'all think this is weird, talking about Holy Spirit, talking about the things of the Spirit. You're like, I don't know about all this. That's because religion told you he was an imp. Actually, religion didn't tell you anything about him. Because religion don't don't even want you to know he exists. My sweet mama, She'll tell you this story if she were here today, but my sweet mama would tell you all her life she was raised in a certain kind of church. It was a denomination that taught if you get near the Holy Spirit, it's of the devil and you'll go to hell. True story. She was petrified of the Holy Spirit. Even when I was started preaching, my mama was not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, mama, you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. She's like, I don't know. There's a block. What devil... (laughs) You're not going to block my mama from getting the Holy Ghost. I will pray her through. You understand? And I said, talk to me about this block, mama. What you talking about? She's like, all my life, they told me if I spoke in tongues, it was the devil. I was going to hell. I said, mama, them people are liars. Lift your hands, mama. This is a true story. This is back in Udawa. I laid hands on my mama till my mama started stammering lips. I said, mama, is it good yet? Oh, it's wonderful, Kevin. It's wonderful. See, we get religious bondage because people don't teach the truth. And we got folks sitting in church talking about, I'm on my way to heaven and don't walk in the spirit. What is wrong? This is crazy. So when the Holy Spirit invites you in and teaches you and reveals something to you, you have a choice. It's not optional, but you do have a choice. And there are three responses 
that keep you from cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Very quickly, let me give them to you. Write notes, take it down. Number one, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay, take your notes, write it down. Uh, let me just, because this one right here is about to, whoo, I see people running for the chicken. They're grabbing their things and like, I don't need this part of the word. Yeah, you need it. Listen, <laughs> Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, only that, which is, only that which is good for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you and anything that has any kind of malice and be kind, one, two, I'm going to preach this till somebody gets convicted. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Do you know what will set America free from all the racial crap? Go oh, my God, I just said that. All the racial mess going on in this nation. We need Ephesians chapter 4, 29, 30, and 31. Love people, forgive people, act sweet to people, be kind to people, be tenderhearted, sup with people who are hurting and put all manner of evil out of your mouth. Say amen. amen. Oh, I cannot believe I said that. <laughs> but that's what it is. I want you to know that some, I'm going to say this, I'm moving to point two. Some of you are not experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit right now because you are grieving him every time you open your mouth. And every time you open your mouth and you bash somebody and you, you criticize somebody and you tear somebody down and you respond with evil, with you give evil back to people who gave you evil, that is not what your Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't say curse them that curse you. It says bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. The gospel is not an eye for an eye. The gospel is I should have died and been in hell, but the love of Jesus rescued me. And if he loved me like that, I'll love you too. Say amen. And every time you open... And I open my mouth, and we feed all this narrative, and evil for evil, and eye for an eye. You got me, I'm going to get you. That is not from God. And it grieves the Holy Spirit. And I know because I've had to learn in the last couple of weeks to bite my lip. <laughs> I might leave it there. <laughs> I had to learn people are going to say things to provoke you. And if you take the bait, they'll drag you in a cesspool of nonsense and you'll never be able to persuade people who don't like you to like you no matter what you tell them you do for God. You've got to let ignorant people be ignorant and serve the Lord and love ignorant people till you get to heaven. Well, here we go. 
I go to the border in 2019 at the invitation of Sam Rodriguez to see the babies at the border. And when I get there, I walk through this facility, the one that they told me they were drinking from toilets and all that, and it wasn't happening. So I came back and gave a report on what I saw and the people on the far left left killed me for going down to the border and checking on the children and telling what I saw. And then I bring children from the border to our campus and people on the right say I'm holding the hand of, of liberals because I'm trying to show the love of Jesus to children. What's the point? The point is I don't care what you say and what you think. I won't stand before you. I'll stand before him and I want to hear him say well done. That's it. So you want my statement? There it was. Wednesday night, we were in here, and we were, who taught that Wednesday night I was here? Chris taught. And the Lord spoke to me while he was teaching and said, I want you to pray for the people cursing you this week. I don't want to pray for them. I want the fleas of a thousand camels to crawl up both of their legs. I want hot coals to be dumped. He said, I want you to bless those who are trying to slander you. So I walked up here in the, it was the Holy Ghost because my flesh, how many know if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, you don't know what you'd get with me. I'm just telling you. If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, I'll I raise you 10 and give you 20. It's the Holy Ghost that'll help you bite your lip and control yourself and love people that hate you. You, you and I need him. Can you say Amen. I just started praying, Lord, bless people who don't like our church. We're not trying to make political statements. We're trying to love people the way Jesus would. I believe it pleases God when you and I resist the trap and the bait. And instead of fighting evil with evil, we, we respond with love and compassion. And we pray for those people. How many, how many don't say their name out, don't tweet this out, don't even like shake your head and shout? Just wink at me or something. How many of you can think of an enemy you need to pray for before you leave church today? Don't quench the Holy Spirit. He wants to work in your life, but when you speak evil out of your mouth, you quench him. You, you quench him. You grieve him. Pardon me. You grieve him. You, you, that literally means he sorrows in his heart. When we speak Evil words, we bring sorrow to the heart of the Holy Spirit. Number two, resist. Everybody say resist. I'm hurrying. Acts 7.51, Stephen's preaching a masterpiece sermon to a bunch of Jewish people who have rejected not just Jesus, but the prophets who told the fathers of Israel they were, that he was coming. He's preaching a sermon to the Jewish people, and he says, you are like your fathers. You are stiff-necked, and you always resist the Holy Spirit. Stephen is preaching and he can tell they're pushing back. That's what the word resist means. It means get away from me. I don't want you in my space, Holy Spirit. Do you know how many people resist the Holy Spirit? I don't want you messing with me. Just get out of my space. Stop telling me. Don't talk to me anymore. I'm gonna tell you what right now. Some of you have been pushing back on the Holy Spirit. You need to be thankful he's loving and kind and has stayed with you even when you pushed back and told him you didn't want him. Because it's grace that he stuck around. 
resist. You push back or you just say, I don't want to hear that. Whenever the fire gets hot, the Lord starts dealing with you. <laughs> so convenient to pack up and run. I don't want to be exposed to that. I don't want to hear that voice. I don't want that thing happening in my heart. Let me tell you right now, you get stiff-necked and you get resistant to the Holy Spirit. That, that word stiff-necked is an old term that it would have been understood to the ears of those who heard it. When Stephen said it, when he said, you are stiff-necked, he's talking about an ox who literally would flex his muscles in his neck to keep the farmer from being able to steer him. You won't take me there. You won't do that in my life. I won't let you in my house, God. That's called resisting the Holy Spirit. Let me help you understand something. You don't get to resist him whenever you want and have him whenever you want. If he ever knocks on the door of your heart, you ought to let him in immediately. People can grieve him. People can resist him. And then finally, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Very simple text, I'm through with this. It says, quench not the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to quench not? Oh, this is gonna be great. So, okay, so hold on. It was lit a little prematurely, okay? So, let me, so here's what happens. You come to church and you're a candle. Because you know, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that the spirit of the man or the woman is the candle of the Lord. So here you come to Redemption to the Nation's Church, and you're like, man, I heard God was doing something. I heard people were getting set free. I heard the power of God was breaking out, and I want to come. And you come into this church service, and here you go. You come, and, and God starts moving, and something happens. He lights the candle of your spirit. And man, you wake up every morning and you hear the voice of God and you want to read your Bible and you want to come back to church on Wednesday and you want to give your tithe and you want to bless the Lord and you want to go on mission trips and you want to do everything that you can do. You want to serve people in the parking lot. You want to smile at people when they walk through the door and you're just glad that the, that the, the wick has been trimmed and the flame is burning on the inside of your heart. And you start out on fire. And then... Life happens, and then religion happens, and then you start thinking about what people are thinking about you, and you start worried about protecting your ego, and you start worried about what people think about you when they look at you and tears are rolling down your face, and you've got, you've got Kleenex boxes all around your seat when you, oh God, I got, this is amazing. You got Kleenex boxes all around your seat, and, and, and you're crying, and, and all of a sudden you don't cry no more. And when the Spirit starts moving on you, you don't let him move anymore. You quench him. When God starts blessing somebody near you, <laughs> calm down. It don't take all that. And then you go through a couple of months and you're like, man, this is horrible. I really liked it when I was on fire for God. And so then you come back to church and we have one of those services like we had this morning and the glory of God breaks through and your, and your flame gets lit again. 
And then this time, you do what Paul told Timothy. You fan into an inferno the flame that God lit. God lights it on Sunday, but I'm not going to let it blow out on Monday. I'm going to get up and read my Bible. I'm going to have a Bible life. I'm going to have a prayer life. I'm going to treat people right. I'm going to fan into a flame, this, into a burning inferno, this flame that God has started. And then you come to church or you go to another place, you go to a conference, and you get, you get around the wrong people. And they say things like, it don't take all that. Chill. (laughs) And so you chill. And you try chill Christianity for three months. And it's horrible. And like, you can't stand it. Like, it's just like a machine. And there's no oil. And there's no joy. And there's no passion. And there's no tears. And there's no love. And there's no miracles. And there's no signs. And there are no wonders. And then you're like, what am I doing? I want that fire again. So you come back to church. And and it takes a minute, but... That flame gets lit again. And you find yourself with that flame lit and you're so excited. It's the same place that the Thessalonican church that Paul was talking to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. He said to them, don't let anybody quench the spirit. You've been through this before. You've done this before. You've had the fire. You've lost it. You've had the fire. You've lost it. And the next time somebody comes up and wants to squirt your fire, you tell the devil, not today. I'm not going to live the rest of my life with no passion. I'm not going to live the rest of my life with no fire. I'm not going to live the rest of my life with no flame from the Holy Ghost. Some of us are addicted to the fire extinguisher and we want our religion with no fire and that's why we're twice dead and plucked up by the roots because we have we have a name that we are people of the spirit but we're not cooperating with the holy ghost and the holy ghost said today stop grieving me stop resisting me and stop putting the fire out let somebody holler we're going home but somebody jump up on your feet and holler let the fire burn let the fire burn let the fire burn. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn inside. If you want the fire of God in your life, throw up both hands right now and begin to praise Him all over this room. Throw up both hands and begin to praise Him all over this room. I want the Spirit of the Lord to burn in my life. I want the Spirit of God to burn in my life. I don't want to go through motions. I don't want to just come to church and and live a life that is without the, the presence of God. I want the fire to burn. Don't let anybody extinguish your fire. (laughs) In fact, somebody's going to get it back right now. Somebody's about to get the fire back right now. Aaron, just play Holy Spirit, you're welcome here again. Just stay right there. We don't have have another song. That's all we need. If you're in this room and you've lost your fire and it got quenched and extinguished and put out, and you need fresh fire to burn in the altar of your heart. Let me tell you, there are people, 
in this room today, you think glory is about how long the service is. You think glory is about how many manifestations. Glory is what happened when those people got set free in the middle of church. Glory is about what happens when people get saved and plugged into this house. That's glory. I feel the Lord working in here. I feel the Lord Jesus working in here. The Holy Spirit's going to fill people. If you're in this room right now and you need the fire to be rekindled on your heart, throw your hands up where you are. Don't be ashamed. Everybody's been there. I've been there. If you're in this building, you say, Pastor, I need a fresh fire on the altar of my heart. Lift your hand. If there's somebody near you with their hand up, we're going to pray for one another today. We're going to pray for one another today. I want us to pray for one another today. Come on, if you got to go, I want to release you. There's no shame. I know we got kids. I know we got stuff. I get it. If you got to go, I love you. I'm not mad, but everybody that stays, I'm going to ask you to engage with me for a few more moments right here. I believe the spirit of the living God is going to rekindle some flames today. I believe the spirit of the living God is going to bring fresh fire to the altar of your heart today. It's not too late. God is not through. Religion tried to extinguish the fire, pain, and, and the treatment of other people, and you've been through some church hurt, and it all tried to put out your fire, but today I come to tell you God's not through. He's going to restore the fire on the altar of your heart today. Friend, I believe God is speaking to hearts right now. This message, I pray, has stirred you, and there are some who are watching this message who are waiting on the opportunity to give their heart to Jesus Christ. Listen, the greatest day in your life is the day that you give your heart to Jesus Christ and allow him to become the Lord of your life. And if you want that opportunity, then right now I want to pray with you. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts that God commands men and women everywhere to repent, to turn from their sin, and to turn to the living God. And the message of hope today for you is that no matter how messed up you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far away from God you feel, He is only one prayer away. Would you turn your heart toward Him right now? Just say, dear God, save me, forgive me, Cleanse me of my sin and make me new. I, I confess you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus, and I'm asking you to be the king of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, let us know today. We want to make sure you have a Bible. We want to make sure you know that as a local church here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, someone is praying for you. We hope to see you soon if you're in the Chattanooga area. And if not, get in a Bible-believing church somewhere and grow in your purpose in Christ. We love you. We're praying for you today. God bless you.